0: What a weekend we've had. No matter what your political leanings, the highs and lows, the hopes and confusions, and the uncertainties that have arisen around the inauguration events and the women's marches are likely on your mind. For anyone who feels fearful, for anyone who is uncertain about the state and the future of our country, For anyone whose heart goes out to the vulnerable, the abused, the unprotected. For anyone who is vulnerable, abused, or unprotected. Let's remember that we humans, we Christians, have been here before. And we are here again. We are here together, which makes all the difference in the world. Because together with Christ, we are here as light amid any communal darkness, any personal darkness, any societal darkness. <clears throat> we walked in today singing the words, thy strong word did cleave the darkness. It is God's word, God's presence, God's light That we need right now. It is God's light that the world needs right now. And we can be vehicles for that light in the world. Back in November, I heard a modern Christian mystic from Ireland, a friend of my children's babysitter, speaking about the state of the world, particularly the state of the political scene in the United States. I heard her refer to the political scene in the U.S. as a great catalyst for awakening, for action, for change, for disassembling of the elite, and for healing of the oppressed. When she spoke of a great awakening, something woke up in me, and I know I am not alone in that. We have seen an awakening in these past months and in these past days as movements and marches and moral inspection have plastered our news. It all makes me wonder if darkness is a necessary stimulus for the turning on of a light, the waking up of a people, Perhaps as we reach for a match to light our candles, something amazing and holy might be trying to get born into the world through us. In order for this to happen, we need to be clear that difference is very, very good. Difference of opinion and difference of identities. Difference of viewpoint and difference of experience. Difference expands us. It makes room for more light. But division is erosive. Paul appeals to the Corinthians, we just heard the reading, to let no divisions be among them to not get bogged down in the details of who was baptized by who, who belongs to which group, and who felt more justified than who. I am thankful for Paul's voice, because division is a millstone around the neck of any potential awakening. I hope the Church can lead the way in ending division, in ending talk of left and right, traditional and progressive, political parties, and ideological hierarchies. It is enough. Enough. If we have learned anything from current news, it is that divisiveness brings darkness. Whereas God is inviting us to be prisms through which God's light can illuminate the world in all its colorful, divinely ordained diversity. The gift of light is all over our readings, all over last week's readings. It is light that we leaned toward in Advent, light that we celebrated at Christmas, light that we spread in Epiphany, and light that the world needs right now. And we can be God's light in the world, which is a relatively stunning thing to realize and re-realize and realize even deeper throughout our lives. What made the fishermen of today's gospel walk away from their livelihood and toward the hint of light that they perceived in Jesus? Every year as we read the call of the first disciples, I ask myself if my faith in Christ is that sure. Would I have been able to see the light and be compelled by it to leave my predictable life behind? This year, though, I am asking a slightly different question. I am wondering... What made those fishermen confident in their own ability, their own light, to add to the fire of change that Jesus was kindling in the world? This question is at the heart of each of our journeys toward our own life's purpose. What compels us? What is worth standing up for? And then, when we have found self-awareness, How do we find self-awareness? How do we find the humility, the courage, and the confidence to live into our own light, our own baptisms? The human experience is rife with self-doubt. But amazing things happen when we transcend self-doubt for the sake of the common good. A gift to us in modern times and modern darkness is that for 2,000 years Christians have been walking dark paths with torches held high. Their spiritual ancestors did it for millennia before them. They have given us sacraments and rituals, scriptures and sacred stories, testimony and support. We are not the first to walk toward the baptismal font with hope in our hearts. Nor are we the first to kneel at the altar with hunger in our spirits. We are not the first to be outraged by abuse of power and privilege. We are not the first to be challenged by Christ's mandate that we pray for our enemies that we share meals with the tax collectors of our time, or that we rejoice when our message of love and justice brings persecution upon ourselves. These paths are now well trod, and there are more yet to blaze. I believe we are called to take up the torch and carry the light of Christ on old and new paths until we all meet up in the love-drenched reign of God, where we no longer speak of not being the first to encounter darkness. Rather, we speak of being the last and final witnesses of any darkness anywhere for anyone. before we baptize Hallie, Anna, and Leo, our next generation of torchbearers. I want to tell you about a torchbearer who recently moved me deeply. On the last night of 2016, a young Indian woman of the Sikh religion spoke at the historic Metropolitan Church in D.C as part of a national moral revival. Her name is Valerie Carr, and she is a descendant of immigrant grandparents. She is a lawyer, and she is a mother. She spoke of raising a brown-skinned child in the darkness of our current state of affairs, and then she proposed a truly inspired what-if. She asked, What if this darkness is not the darkness of the tomb, but the darkness of the womb? What if something is trying to get born through us? She reminded us that when birth is about to happen, the midwife tells us to breathe and then push. Breathe and push. May God's love and light breathe itself into the world through us. May we find the strength to push ourselves into and through our call to join in a great awakening of love in this world. And may justice Equality and a love be born here, now, everywhere, for everyone. Amen.